between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. For you today, uh, we submit our hearts to you entirely this morning. We open up our vessel to you. Uh, we ask that you come, come into this house, come into our very heart and prepare a feast for us in our heart this morning. Our Father, thank you for the, the resources you've given to us. Mercy. What mercy has given us, Lord, that we have gathered to feast and to share in what your mercy has brought to us. We give you praise this morning. We submit to ministering graces. And we submit, Lord, to the flow of your ministry from heaven. That this morning your word will flow like a stream like a river. I ask all that the the tide of this waters would take every soul this morning, that no heart will be left behind. I ask, Lord, for breakthrough in comprehension, access, breakthrough in understanding, riches of understanding this morning. I ask God for my vessel to become your instrument today. Lord, I will that I will not teach my own things. I won't say my own things. But Lord, I want to find help to climb in the spirit into the arena of your own thoughts. I ask, Lord, for leading, leading by your Holy Ghost, that spirit which searches out your depths, which fountains out your thoughts, which causes, has caused soul to participate in your conversation. Holy Spirit, Come and help us this morning. Come and take of that which is the Lord's and show them unto us. So your spirit of truth has, has been promised unto us. I ask for that there be a creation of fellowship this morning as we sit around the table, as we sit by the waters. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for us to sight, to make, make us sight and to see and open our eyes, open our eyes, open the eyes of our soul, open the eyes of our soul, make it open, 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 open it wide. Let our whole heart, our whole frame, our whole body be full of this light. Thank you, Father. We give glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Good morning. Let's open our Bibles to <clears throat> Revelation. Revelation chapter, chapter 22. Praise God. Just tell someone I'm happy you're here this morning. I greet you in the name of the Lord. Praise God. I, I want to greet uh, Pastor Folari. This morning. Good morning, sir, and his wife, Sister Divine. Thank you. 
every time I see you, there's a special joy that just enters my heart. I just want you to know that we are happy you are with us. Thank you. Thank you for fellowshipping with us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Do you get okay? Some parts, please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Jesus. are coming to flood your heart. Are coming to flood your heart. These are my thoughts. These are my thoughts. My thoughts. My thoughts. My thoughts. My thoughts. For I, even the I, the King of Glory, is coming for to lift up every evil gates in your heart. For to lift up every evil gates in your heart. I, the King of Glory, is coming. I am flooding with my thoughts to part your gates. To part your gates that I may be established. To part your gates that I may be established. For I am coming with my thoughts. I am coming with my thoughts. I am coming with my thoughts. The thoughts of the throne. The thoughts of me. The thoughts of me. It is flowing. It is flowing from me. It is flowing out from the throne. It is flowing out from the throne. My thoughts are coming to you. My thoughts are coming to you for to part you. For to part your heart. For to for to part your gates. For to part the evil gates in you. For my thoughts are coming for to be established in your heart. Yes. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Father. Receive, receive your thoughts in, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Um, I think we are approaching the School of the Spirit season. Um, so I, I feel our hearts should, be, should get ready for, for it. Praise God. Um, it, what I'm sensing is 
it seems like they might increase the they might increase the you know what if it's if it's the level or the the intensity of the the thoughts that are coming um, as as we are beginning to I'm already feeling feeling the season changing um, in my heart I'm already feeling it um, so we should we should start getting ready um, so it's it's going to be a season of impartation of, of course, new knowledge, right? Learning new things, um, further groundbreaking. Um, it's going to be a highly apostolic season um, for there to be the unearthing of and the crystallization of truths um, and a lot of work by God's grace um, in doctrine and thoughts and all of that. Amen. Amen. Um, so I feel the Lord will want us to be prepared uh, in our hearts to, for, for that. Praise God. I, I felt something last week on Saturday. I would say there was like a, a shift um, that happened. Those things happen from time to time. And when it happens like that in meetings, I can, I can sense it. Uh, it's like a, like a strong imposition of of the Lord to to tilt us a certain way. Um, praise the Lord. Praise God. Um, something crazy happened last Saturday. I, I won't say it <laughs> here, but I told my wife when we got when later that day when I realized what the Lord did. Um, amen. Praise, praise the Lord. Um, amen. Okay, let's let's just open the Bible. Revelation, Revelation chapter <coughs> chapter twenty, chapter twenty. I think we read from twenty one last uh, Saturday. Praise God. Um, Revelation chapter twenty one. It's like on Wednesday we went a bit lower to pick up things. Am I correct? To we spoke about a lot of things that are a, a little bit more elementary in the realm of Christ, right? Which was good. I I, I figured maybe it was because of maybe certain people who needed that kind of um, background. Praise God. Um, so we thank God. We thank God for that. How many of us were blessed? So okay. Thank thank God. Um, so let's see, Revelation 21, verse, verse 10, it says, and he, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain and showed me that, that great city, the holy Jerusalem, <clears throat> descending out of heaven from, from God. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, um, descending out of heaven from God. Now, there was a thought, we, we read this last week, there was a thought that was open here. Um, I think that thought, it flowed from somewhere. Um, I don't know if any of us listened to the writing division message on Saturday uh, that Reverend Kay taught. Praise God. If you so that message was the same message 
praise God. Um, although, of course, he taught it better. <laughs> praise God. But it was clear to me it was the same visitation. At the same time, I stood up here to minister when we were having the visitation, the angelic visitations, at the exact same time. They were having the same thing in Lagos at the exact same time. And I started ministering around the same time that Reverend started ministering in Lagos, about almost the exact same time. So the same angel that came here was the same angel there and brought the exact same message to us. We read the same scripture, chapter 21, the same verses, same chapter, chapter 4, the same verses. And uh, the, when you summarize the thought that they were bringing, um, it was the same the same thing. So it's a very unique thing. Don't you, don't you wonder that, praise God, that's the same angel at the same time visited both places. Praise God. Um, so concerning that, mess, that particular message, if you, you want to really get a full picture, you can go and listen to that one that the one reverend ministered on Saturday. Praise the Lord. Um, it was awesome. I think he, the way he flowed and then he also because he spoke about the, the, the different lights, right? He spoke about the, the light of the Lamb, which is the light of the city. Praise the Lord. And he talked about God's own light, which illuminates the city. Praise God. And he spoke about the walk of the city, which is the city itself will be like, almost like a light, which the nations will come into. Praise the Lord. Which we, we saw that same thing about the kings of the earth bringing their glory into it. Praise God. So those th- these things are um, key. Um, I hope we're able to listen on th- Thursday as well to um, the conversation with Pastor Tosi. Amen. Very, very awesome thing. Eh? <laughs> so much light. <laughs> so much, so much light, so much. So I was telling Wesley in the car today that you know we just have to. Be, you know, we have to be willing to just look upon. You know, sometimes there's a tendency to discard things, but um, one area we must never err is we must be willing to keep looking upon what the Lord is saying until it becomes clearer and clearer and he paints the picture. And I believe this picture will become even clearer uh, by God's grace. So this is a season of learning. They want to establish things in us. Um, so let's, let's try and buckle up. Amen. Buckle up. This is not a time to be tired of hearing or to be weary of hearing. Uh, it's, it's time to find strength uh, to pick what God has to say. And I believe the Lord will give grace to everybody. 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 There, there, are, there are some of us who are coming into these thoughts newly. But you will see supernatural pace, right? Quickness. The Lord will grant a lot of um, speed to pick these things and and amen, and to, to receive understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. He carried me away, verse 10 of Revelation 21. He carried me away in the spirit to a, to a great and high mountain, and he showed me that great city, the, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of, out of heaven from God and having, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone, most, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as what? Clear as crystal, praise God. And in verse 23, it says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to, 
to shine in it for the glory of God did light in it, and the Lamb is the what? The light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and their what? Honor into it. Amen. Amen. Um, so they're showing the the different levels of ministry and operations, right? This, actually, this chapter of Revelation 21, at this point, part they were speaking of was actually unveiling the, unveiling the pattern of, of eternal ministry. Praise God. It was doing what? Unveiling what? Unveiling, showing the pattern of eternal ministry. That's ministry on the other side. Right, or ministry that is done within an eternal framework. Praise the Lord. So, of course, when the present passes away, by this time, so the, the heaven and the earth, the former heaven, the former earth had already passed away. Then there was a new heaven and then what? A new earth had emerged. Praise God. So, with that emergence, there would be also an emergence of a new order. Um, which will emerge. And that order will not be like the present. Um, in the present, because the present is, has been subject to abuse and to corruption. So you find so much happening in the present that does not align with the, there's no alignment. When you look at the present from the realm of the spirit, you will see breakage of alignment concerning beings that are, that are in existence. Praise the Lord, especially, and the breakage of alignment is you find it when it comes to the earthly terrain, the earthly dimension of creation. When you're traveling from heaven, everything looks so nice and good. When you're coming down, leave the throne, move into the, the third heaven, second heaven, first heaven. Once you're approaching the earth, you begin to see what? You begin to see a lot of disalignment and a lot of abuse. Praise the Lord. That Things are, if men are not aligned, things are not aligned anymore in the spirit. In other words, the, how, how misalignment manifests in the spirit is in the divergence of wheels. Yes, so when, when you, in heaven, you see wheels are aligned. The, the highest angels have their own will aligned, hearkening unto the voice of his word. The other one, ministers of his that do his pleasure and all places of his dominion who also have their own kind of, that would bless the Lord, all, you, um, all, you, all his works in his places of his dominion. What blessing the Lord has to do with they fulfilling their own role in the heavenly alignment. Praise God. Um, but when it comes to the earth, you find that men have the, there's so much divergence of will. Men are doing different things. And of course, the people, the spirits, who left God, demons, people, and evil spirits, and spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities, powers, and of course the devil himself, all of them, they have taught men how to deviate from the will of God. Praise the Lord. So thereby breaking alignment in the realm of the spirit. So that's why, because of the existence of such things, the, it makes the present, it makes the present um, you almost, 
it, ha it has put like a time expiration date on the present. That actually the present is spoiled. Right? The present that we live in, we are living in a spoiled, damaged, we live in a damaged world. Right? We live in a damaged world that is divorced from the alignment which God has put in creation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, but thank God that we're not going to be here forever. Amen. That there will be a time when the, the creation that will exist will not be subject to the bondage of corruption. Amen. But because those of God's, all of God's people would have been delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And then the Lord will bring a world, a realm, a heaven and an earth for people who are aligned. Do you understand what I'm saying? For what? For, for people, souls. Everybody, everybody who will be in the new heaven and the new earth will have alignment, both heaven and earth. There will be pure, full alignment, both in the heaven and, of, of course, in where? And in the earth of the new world. Amen. Now, so this place is, Revelation 21, is now revealing, is showing the, is showing the kind of ministry. You now see that actually ministry will not end here in the present world. That ministry will not end in what? In the present world. That after the present heaven and earth is passed, when the new one comes, you now see there is actually a new order of beings who are existing in that realm. And when we get there, that's where you see true ministry. How ministry ought to be and what to make the ministry work well is because there will be proper alignment of all the entities, all the creatures who are what in that in that place. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So, and so you see ministry now happening different now. You see, God Himself will have His own ministry, which will be happening, of course, by His own glory, by His glory, which is what we're seeing, right? His ministry will be happening. By what? By his glory. And that ministry will be, will be a ministry towards the, towards the, a ministry through the Lamb towards the city. Right? So God will have his own city. Now God's city, this city which we're talking about, will not just be a heavenly city by that time in this world. That's not the destination of, a, of it is actually going to be some sort of a divine city, which is, which is heavenly, but is, is a heavenly, is the heavens, the kind of heavenly that God has received unto himself. Praise the Lord. So that's why you saw this um, lady, praise the Lord, or the, the bride, the lamb's wife, from verse 9, let's see. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the what? The lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, doing what? Descending out of what? Heaven from God. Descending out of heaven from God. In verse 2, go to verse 2. I'm sorry, verse 1 of the same chapter. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. 
And then I, just, John, saw. So, of course, John's scene here was not from a point of being carried away. So I, I, I believe that this scene of John, it could have been almost like a vision that he saw, right? It could, have, it could have been almost like a vision that he saw. So at this point where he saw it in verse 2, he couldn't describe it. Do you get what I'm saying? John couldn't describe it in verse 2. But later, for him to be able to see within what it looks like, the, the nature, the makeup, they had to actually carry him away into a high mountain in the spirit. It was all, of course, it was also in the spirit, not physically. But they carried him away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And then he showed him that city. But in, in verse 2, I, I believe he might have seen it just from afar, maybe like a vision or something. Praise God. And so, but what he saw, he said here in verse 2, that he saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, he said, it's coming down from God out of heaven. Coming down from God out of heaven. Then in verse 10, it says, it was descending out of heaven from God. It was descending out of heaven from God. Then coming out of, from God out of what? From out of heaven. Coming down from God. Out of where? Out of heaven. Praise the Lord. So, so it's very clear that this city is, is a city, when you say out of heaven, from God. It means that it's talking about heaven in God. Do you see that? It's talking about heaven, that is where? In. Heaven in God. Heaven. Say heaven. Heaven Heaven where? Heaven. Now, right now in the present, heaven is not in God. The present heaven is not. God had to step out. This is what you saw Pastor Tosin was saying. Right? That God in his eternal existence had to come into an everlasting kind of operation. From there he created heaven. Are you saying? So God's, when you look into heaven, you see heaven, the present heaven can hold the, can hold type of the an everlasting manifestation of God, right? But it cannot really hold the eternal essence of God because it is, it is, it is a first creation kind of entity which is under the power of, that, was, that was brought to bear, the ability of God that was brought to bear in the first creation was not eternal. It was everlasting in nature. Praise God. So, 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 so this heaven, the present heaven, cannot go into God. As a matter of fact, when God was appearing, it fled away. Right? It actually left. Amen. But this one, in, in Revelation chapter 21, so one of the, the goals of God, uh, when you say the, when you see the word heaven, heaven is actually for, it's that, heaven is, that, is the place that God should eventually receive to himself. Heaven is to the heaven is for is the heaven is supposed to be the the place that can receive that God can receive. That's the purpose of heaven. So it it's only in the new creation. This is called new creation. Do you how many of you believe that? 
that this is so when you hear the word new creation it doesn't only involve Christ alone praise God Hallelujah. I know that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says if any man be in Christ a new creation all things are passed away but later when you read it it's talking about the purpose of new creation is actually for reconciliation to God so, so new creation has potential and then it has the it has the fulfillment of its potential. The old, it has, the new creation has, when it is fresh, the fresh new creation is Christ. Now, when new creation is fresh, it has a potential that the old creation or the first creation did not have. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? And what is that potential? The potential of the new creation is the ability, its potential to move into the eternity of God, to move into the eternal what, dimension of God. So it's, the, it's, the, it's the, the, the potential of the new creation. It's the potential to be able to move into the abode of God that God had before the beginning. And that purpose is the reason for the beginning itself. The purpose why God began is to be able to bring things into his pre-beginning estate, his pre-beginning dimension. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yes, Amen. Amen. So, so this heaven from, of God, so the way me I'm seeing it, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing, um, I'm not seeing in this, this new creation, I'm not seeing heaven and earth. I'm not seeing earth and heaven, and then, I'm, then God separate from heaven. In the, in the new creation. I'm not seeing that happening. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, you see something in the, in, the, in the old creation, like in the present. In the present, it seems as if God is in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. God in heaven. Are you seeing that? But in the new creation, it's not God in heaven. It's heaven in God. Are you seeing the difference? Now, so it's very clear that this God that we speak about as being in heaven, he's not really, the God in heaven is not the eternal God. It's the everlasting God. Right? The, so the eternal God, that eternal God, but the eternal God himself, he is not... He's not looking for somewhere to go and stay. No. He himself is a refuge. The eternal God and beneath are the everlasting arms. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so the full picture is, is this, the new creation is what will actually fulfill the actual picture of God. Or what God. God is actually a refuge. But he doesn't refuge anything. It's not just, not just anything that can come into God. It's not any kind of person that can say, oh, God is now my refuge. I have found a place in him. That eternal God. Are you, are you, are you getting a sense of what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. So the way I'm seeing this um, now, but in the new creation, right, it's still not everything that will be in God. You will, will, will still be a separation. One thing we know is that the earth will not be in God. The earth will not what? Will not, will not be in God. But the heavens, 
the heaven of the world to come will be what? In God. Now, it's possible that maybe there might be a dimension of heaven that might not be in God. I don't know. I've not seen that that far. But what I'm speaking concerning is the part of, I know that there will be the, the part of heaven. Um, what I can tell you for sure is the, the most holy dimension of the heaven of the world to come will be where? It will be in God. Instead of God abiding in it. Right? In just abiding in it. It doesn't mean God will not abide in it. You get my sense? But, but I'm saying that it will be different. Praise the Lord. That God will receive that abode. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. How many of us are interested in what we are talking about? Are you sure? Okay. Praise God. Um, so, um, now one, one of the demarcations they are making here is talking about the, the earth, and then you see the, the God. You see in God there will be a city. So you're looking at the beings who will be in God. You see, you see that you see a city that is married to a lamb. Praise God. You see a city that, that will, that's married to a lamb that will be abide in the heavens in where? In God. And you will see that the ministry, the order of ministry in the world to come is that God will be ministering to that city through his lamb. Right. God will be doing what? God will be ministering to the city through what? Through the land. But that city will be a very unique kind of city. That the city will now will have, so you're seeing God will have his ministry. Do you see that? God will have his ministry. The lamb has his ministry. Praise God. God has his ministry. The lamb has his what? His ministry. Then you now see the city has our own ministry. So the ministry of the city is an ascending and a descending ministry. Ascending and descending ministry. Ascending and descending ministry. Ascending and what? Descending ministry. And if the city is descending out of heaven from God, it means it can also ascend back from God, to God. Are you seeing that? So if it's descending or, or, or it says coming down out of heaven from God, the reason why they made it come down to heaven, from, out of that heaven from God, to make it come down, the reason why they had to make it come down is so that it can be opened up. And then so it can be seen. And then you, you will now see that when it comes down, it's also for the purpose of some kind of a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage. It's, for, it's so that there will be entities who cannot go to God, right? Who cannot go to God, but who can go to the city. So one of the ministry, so the ministry of the city in the world to come is to minister to the earth. Praise God. Am I making some sense to you? The purpose of the city in the world to come is to do what? To minister to, to the earth. Amen. Um, let us see in that verse 24. 
Verse 24, and the nations of them which are saved shall do what? Walk in the light of it. And then the kings of the earth, they do bring their what? Glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no what? Night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Praise the Lord. Um, so this thing of the city being open constantly is something that is very different from the, the present, the way the present is, the present heaven and the earth. Now, in the present heaven and earth, there is also something called a pilgrimage, a kind of pilgrimage, which is the ascending and descending into heaven. Praise God. Now, for, for, for those who are who are aligned in the present. That's how they, every soul who is aligned in the present, you find out there's actually a calling to be ascending and coming, to be ascending into heaven and coming down, to be ascending into heaven. Jesus said, no man has ascended into heaven except he who came from heaven. And do you remember when Jesus said that in John? Praise the Lord. And no man has, so it means that he was ascending and descending as an everlasting man on the earth. Jesus, one of his main tasks every day, I'm sure it was constantly as he was alive during that time, what he was doing constantly because, because he then must have broke into alignment. Praise God. He, he broke, he came into alignment. Alignment of what men should be doing. Everything that Jesus began to do were things that men ought to be doing, that men weren't doing. So, so Jesus was also ascending Praise God. And that is the purpose of heaven. Do you believe that? The purpose of heaven in the present creation is for this kind of pilgrimage. Or it is actually because heaven is, as in heaven, you find a temple for the earth. Praise God. God, it wasn't, man, when you go to Genesis, am I, am I saying something to you? When you go to Genesis, in Genesis, God did not design a temple in Eden. Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, right? That the whole idea of a temple, temple, the concept of temple being on the earth is actually a, a, is a remedy for corruption. Yes, it's actually a product of corruption because corruption happened. Men cannot ascend to heaven. <laughs> right? Yes, Men are supposed to be what? Ascending. Men are supposed to constantly be what? Be able to ascend up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Praise the Lord. Amen. But men, because of sin, men lost the ability. They lost the ability to, to relate. By ascension of, I'm not talking about flying up. Or, I feel like I still need to say that. You, know, you just have to say it, especially now, YouTube, anybody can be watching. So, I just have to be careful. So, we're talking about somebody flying, or I'm not even talking about someone sleeping and dreaming and going to heaven. And I'm not talking about that. We're talking about soul ascension, you get what I'm saying? Just in the heart, heaven. Heaven is heaven. Soul, you don't know physically, your brain doesn't know where heaven is, but soul can know where heaven is. And the soul can go there and come back. You get what I'm saying? Why someone is sitting and just sitting down there 
and gisting, he can just take a, a minute and ascend and, and come back. That's the, that's, see, those are, that's the kind of journey that soul was made to take. Right? But our soul has been, has been abused to only journey horizontally. Right? You, you only travel to Lagos and come back. You travel to a place, praise the Lord. You go to the mall and come back. Those are the places our souls go to. But, but really, souls should be able to ascend to heaven and come back. That's what, that is what spiritual ministry is, is meant to do. That's a sign of a spiritual ministry. A sign of a ministry that is spiritual. If you don't want to know a ministry that's really a New Testament ministry, it's true ministration. Souls who are under administration will be gaining the ability to, as, to travel up and down, to ascend, to travel, to travel. Praise the Lord. What, what, is it, what does it mean to travel? To move into, to move in, just for the soul to, to move into the realities of the, the things which heaven is keeping. When you travel, and of course, how do you travel is by doctrine. Do you agree? It's by doctrine. It's doctrine that makes you travel. Every time they are ministering the doctrine of the New Testament to you, they're actually creating steps for, the, for your soul. They are adding steps to your soul. When you didn't know too much, you couldn't live here. When you try to go everywhere, you can't go anywhere beyond what you know, what you have insight concerning. You can't move on the inside because of a limitation in knowledge. Praise the Lord. So if you want to make a soul be able to have the ability to ascend, you have to give doctrine. What, do, what, does, what the doctrine, doctrine, doctrine are wings, right? Yes, Teachings, thoughts. Yes. Thoughts are what? Are wings in the spirit. Right? Thoughts, doctrine, are wings. That's how a soul ascend. So you have to be able to make it. So Isaiah chapter 4, is that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The, 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 point, the, the, the job of waiting, waiting is a Zion task. It is, it is, those who wait are, are, are people who have come to the school of Zion, who are able to stop their horizontal travels. While men are busy going up and down, doing things with their soul, you see, so we find strength to come and wait in Zion. While waiting in Zion, they are laying steps for the soul for access to climb. So a healthy soul is a soul that journeys more upward than sideways. That's a healthy soul. When you see a soul, and so that when you see a sideways journey, you know them. When they come into your vicinity, they disturb. They disturb you by their movement. They move. Constantly this way. But when you meet a soul who journeys like this, when you, when you meet them, they don't disturb you. Rather, they, they call you. Yeah. They pull you. Are you, are you I mean, I'm speaking soul language right now, right? This is soul, things that souls do. And this is very real. These things we are speaking of, even though you can't see them, they are very, 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 very real. How do you know they are real? They, they can also translate into visible things. After a while, a soul who is always joining upward, when you look around his life, you will see, look at his friends after a while. Look at, when you, when you check how he spends his money, check how he spends his time, then check all the metrics that sum a man's life up. They will reflect where he travels to. 
Now, a soul who travels horizontally, when you check all those things, they will also reflect where what it travels to. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so one of the, the ministry, I'm talking of the ministry of, you know, there's the ministry of New Testament in the present. That's where the ministry of New Testament starts from. It starts from the present, this present world. So one of the main purposes of the ministry of the New Testament in the present is to teach the soul how to journey to heaven. I mean this present heaven. Because in the present heaven, in the present heaven, you have a portion of the, the ministry, the things that will help the soul, that will train the soul, praise the Lord, to gain an inheritance in the future. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Am I making some sense to you? Amen. So, you will see the same thing in the future, in the, in the world to come, that so the beings who are in the earth at that time will also need to be, will also need to be ascending. Right? Or you said the city, the gates of the city there will not be shut at all day and night. Now that's different from the present. Now, when you move into the, the way they, they arrange the heavens in the present, the heavenly alignment will be different from the future. Now, in the heavenly alignment of the present, when you are moving into heaven, you see principalities, power, might, and dominion. Those, all of those beings are all gates for the present. They have to put them there. Amen. And it's very clear that angels are the... They are the they are the angels are the, are the heavenly materials of the present. Right? When you say heavens of the present, heaven are angels. They are beings, right? The building of in the present heaven are actually beings. When you go into heaven, you say, wow, what a landscape, what an architecture. Oh, they are all beings. It's not concrete or anything. Right? It's not gold even, like we've, we've imagined. Right, it's actually beings. Entity God builds with men. Yes, Anytime in the New Testament you talk of a house, they're never talking about block, they're talking about people. Yes, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. Even himself is a foundation. He's also part of a building. <laughs> so God does not, is not doesn't build houses and all roads and all that. It's men who build those things in his name. <laughs> Praise God. But, but when you see God, God is actually, he builds with persons. Yeah. Well, if God has not built persons and put persons and arranged persons, then he hasn't built anything. You go say, okay, I'm going to do a great work in Canada. I'm going to do something awesome in this nation. I'm going to build something remarkable in this nation. You think he's going to build um, this? Praise the Lord. Anytime God says, build, all God is saying, I'm going to raise men. Yes, Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. 
So in the, in the present heavens, all the building of, in the present heaven are angels. Right? They are the building of the angels. When you say, ah, I just jam a gate in heaven, that gate is a beam. There are beams in heaven. Do you agree? And you see, that, that will be the same thing also in the future, in the world to come. The city itself will be a city of people. They even say the city is actually a bride. I wonder that bride is actually a company of men so, who have been raised by the Lord. So, when it said there shall be no gate, the, or it didn't say there wouldn't be gate, the gate will not be shut at all. So, it means that if, if the gate will not be shut, it's almost like saying there is no gate now. I mean, if the gate is never shut, it means there is no gate. That's what, that's what they're trying to say. Because if there is a gate and it's never shut, is there a gate? What's its purpose? If there's no gate there. So what they're trying to tell you is that there will be no need for beings called gates in the present, right? In, sorry, in the future, in the world to come. So they are, they are, you are seeing difference between the way they arrange the cater of the, the heavens in the present versus how it will be in the future. Praise God. Amen. 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 So it's very clear the gates of the city will not be gates of restrictions, right? Gates of restrictions will not exist and if it's unlike the present heaven. But rather, the, 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 the beings in the future who will, who will manifest as gates will be, be, be beings of access. Do you get what I mean? And so there will, there, will be, there will be beings of access who God will not program resistance into them. Why? Because of the, the nature of that eternal world. Right? Because of the lack of things that defy. Defile and all, all the things they mention in it. Praise God. And they shall in no wise enter it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in where? In the book of life. You get what I'm saying? So the gates of the city will be entities, right? They will actually be persons, praise the Lord, who have a different kind of programming from what the present gates of, the, of heaven have. Praise God. So, but in the present, in the present, when we look at the present gates of heaven, the, the, the beings which constitute the gates of the present heaven are those beings in, or the Bible calls them all his works in all the world, places of where? Of his dominion. That those beings are different. Those ones, they, they actually, they grant access, but they are also built to to deny access. 
Why is it that, that way? It's because of the presence of corruption. So, the, the beings in that realm, they are anti-corruption agents. We're talking about the present now. Yes, Amen. Amen. So, in the present, so uh, we'll dwell a bit more on the present. We're just gaining light from what the future, but we'll dwell a bit more on the present. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, those beings in the present um, who form, you see, principalities, power, might, dominions, they are actually, they are anti, anti-corruption agents. They are, they are agents who are God put at the gates of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. For, for what? The control of access. For the control of what? Access. The control of the control of access. The, the way the way that God does it, amen, is, is by the, the way they, they handle access, it's access in the, in, the, in the presence, is by the distribution of thronic operations. What did I say, the word? Distribution of what? Distribution of thronic operation. So, in the present, there's a throne in the present heaven, but they make sure that before you get to that throne, you must encounter, there are many other thrones they have to put in place for, for local exercise of dominion at different points. Because the purpose of a throne, the purpose of throne is to is for to, to cause alignment. What is, what is the meaning of alignment? Is to shut down some operation, some things, and open you to something. One thing. Shut down other things. Open you to one thing. That's the power of a throne. A throne is, is the enforcing of dominion. Right, to shut down all other operations and then make open you to only what to, to one thing. So, thrones that are placed in those, in, those, in those realms they act as gates. You see that they act as what gates, yes. Praise God. We're going somewhere. There's something that we need to really establish so that other things can, can stand on top of them. There are other things that will not stand if we don't establish um, this, some of these aspects. Amen. Amen. Now, but in the future, it's, in the future is different. In the future, you will see, I mean the future heaven, right? In the future heaven, you now find that there's only one throne. I don't know, have you seen anywhere that throne being made referenced in the heavens of the world to come? The only throne, throne we saw is in chapter 21 from verse 1. 
He showed me a pure river of water of life, as clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God. Now, if that throne is the throne of God and of the Lamb, it means it's also the throne of the city. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Right, because the Lamb is married to the city. And Jesus has already said in chapter 3 of Revelation that he that overcome will I grant to sit with me on my throne as I would overcame. So it's very clear that that throne, the inhabitants of the throne are all of those who have received his mercy, the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ untoward eternal life. Because he said, will I grant? So it is the granting to sit is given to him. Praise the Lord. To sit with him on the throne. But it's just that throne. So the entire city, every member of the city is actually possesses one throne. In the future. Now, the, so you see, in the future, when you come to the earth, you won't see other thrones anywhere in the heavens of the future. But when you come into the earth dimension, you will see thrones. Do you get? You will see kings of the earth. Yeah. So, the purpose actually, when you now come into the present creation, the reason for the thrones that are the gates of the present heaven is, for to, is actually to deal with kings. Right? Is to deal with what? Kings of the earth. To deal with what? Kings of the earth. Say kings of the earth. Now the gates of the future heaven will also deal with kings of the earth too. But in a different way. Because in their own way, they are always open. Why? Because the kings of the, of the future earth will not have corruption. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? So constantly, they, they allow them constant. Let's read that. Let's verses again. Praise the Lord. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine on it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, right? And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. So you see, these kings who are, who are bringing the glory and honor of the nations, they will have access by the gates of the city of the future. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why? Because of the, the, the future earth, the nature of the, the kings of the future. There will be different kings from the kings of the present. Am I making some sense to you? Yes, sir. 
these kings of the future are, praise God, they are, they are actually, they are kings, but they are not just ordinary, they are not operating, they are not corruptible kings. Right. Actually, they, they, they are kings who have a prince. That prince is our, actually the Lord Jesus. It's the Lord Jesus, but the Lord Jesus he will be a prince. That's why they refer to him as the prince of the kings. That's not his only title. Yes. He has many titles. He's a, he's a king of kings. Yes. Right? He's a king of kings. Not just, any, not just um, only kings of the earth. He's actually kings of kings in heaven. Yes, because there will be kings in heaven. Because even... First, let's see that Revelation chapter, chapter 1. Amen. We're already in school of the Spirit, so. Praise God. Re- Revelation chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, from, verse, from verse 4. Revelation 1 verse 4. It says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, and grace, from, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. The faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. These are different levels of, of um, offices which he, which he has. Praise God. And, but you see, that prince of the kings of the earth is actually the lower one. The lower of, of all of them. Praise God. That's the first begotten of the dead. Those who are begotten of the dead are no longer earthly. Right then. Out of the beings who are no longer earthly, he's the first of them. He's the first. That word first is also is actually the captain of them. Right, and then he's also who they then call the faithful witness. That was the faithful witness means he is who is a witness of faithful things. Right, he's the same being who you saw in the book of in chapter eighteen, who had his name written, uh, who is called faithful and what and true. So the the aspect of faithfulness is talking about the the witnessing of the true. The faithful and what? It's called faithful and true. Or here they call him the faithful witness. The faithful witness is him that witnesses the is the witnesser of the true God. Is that very clear to you? Amen. Who is the witnesser of the true God? Who alone? No man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son, John chapter one, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has what? Declared him. God who has sundry time in diverse manners spoke to the fathers by the prophet. As Hebrews chapter 1, had in this last days spoken to us by who? By his son, who being the what? Brightness of his glory and the, of his person. So he has spoken to us by his son. That was spoken by his son. He has witnessed to us by his son. First John 5, he saw the same thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the, 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 this witness is the witness of the truth. So the faithful witness. Praise the Lord. The faithful witness is actually 
he that can, he that has the ability to interpret the eternal nature of God. The true nature is the eternal nature. So the true witness or the faithful and true witness. The faithful witness is the man who can, so this is not talking about Jesus being a teacher of everlasting life. This is talking about Jesus being the word, the giver of the eternal, who can witness to the eternal nature of God. Praise the Lord. So it's not a very, it's not a low position at all. It's not a low position at all. When you saw him being revealed as faithful and true in chapter 18 of Revelation, what, what, when was that? That was just right after the wedding. Uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sorry, 19, sorry. <clears throat> chapter 19. <clears throat> so the wedding happened in earlier in verse, in verse 8, right? Or verse... Verse 7, so let us be glad and rejoice and give glory and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife had made herself ready. Praise the Lord. And then to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Then verse 11, and I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and him that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness doth he judge, and then what? Make war. Praise God. Now, so this, him who is called faithful and true, was manifested. Then in verse 14, you now saw the armies which were with him. These armies which were with him are the people who he just got married to. They are the people who are with him. His armies are actually also his bride, who he just married to. We just married. Do you get what I'm saying? So him coming into this name, being called faithful and true at this point, is actually, is almost like an office. It's almost like an office that he comes into, that he has to operate in that office as being a faithful and true witness, amen, amen. to his bride after he has been married to his bride. Now, we're not talking about the ministry that raises the bride up to a marriageable state, right? That's not, that one is, what, what does that? It is, the marriage is the everlasting works, right? It's the everlasting works, that those words, that actually does the merging. The, the aspect of merging and making them one is because of what? Everlasting what? Everlasting works. But then after they are married, he also then has a ministry, which is the ministry of the true God, yes, to minister the true God, praise the Lord, or the, or the ministry of the glory of God to his wife or to his city, according to chapter 21. Am I making some sense to you? Amen. So back to chapter, chapter 1. Back to chapter 1, verse, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, 
praise. So the, the word first begotten of the dead is another, is another cadre of, of his, his, um, his pedigree. First is a faithful witness. That's a minister of eternal things. The eternal things of God. It's the, it's the it's office as a faithful and, and true witness minister that dimension. But then he has another office as the first begotten of the dead. Who is the, the first begotten of the dead is the minister of everlasting life. Because the, the, the purpose of everlasting life is to make a soul begotten of the dead, not from the dead. Someone who is Christ has been begotten from the dead. Yes. Can we, can we take this one I said? If you don't, there are some of us who might have nowhere the background of what I just said. But I can't go in and explain what I just said now. That's another journey altogether. Okay. Can you just take it and put it somewhere? <laughs> that the first begotten of the dead, that when a soul has become begotten of the dead, that soul is has become an everlasting soul. Right. So, but it, it takes the first begotten of the dead to, be, to begat another, another soul of the dead. So, is a ministry or is this everlasting ministry? So that's the an everlasting ministry is the ministry of the first begotten of the dead. Then after that one, and I began to speak about him as being the prince of the kings of the earth. So this is another is a lower estate, which he would, which he has. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? So this prince of the kings of the earth are the is a prince over those. He's a prince also. He's also a pedigree, as well of ministry. But it's a ministry to those who have not yet been redeemed from the earth. Who, those, are, those who never gained redemption from the earth. There are those, there are men who never gained redemption. They are not children of the devil. They are not unbelievers. They are not going to hell. But they just never gained redemption from the earth. But they came into a status of kings on the earth. So that means that they were never begotten of the dead. Yes. They were never what? Begotten. They were never begotten of the dead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you can give some examples of them. Someone like Abraham. Elijah. Moses. Yes, 
and then many born-again Christians. Do you, do you hear the last part I said? Many who? How many of you know that? How many of you know that many, that many born-again Christians, when you get to heaven, you will not find out, of course, this should not even be a mystery to you now. That someone like Abraham, Moses, will have a higher pedigree uh-huh. than most of them. Even look, just looking from your Sunday school <laughs> knowledge, just from Sunday school understanding, nobody even expected to even have a higher pedigree. It's only the light of, when, we, when the light is being shed on the promise, you know, you realize, wow, oh my God. These guys actually, are, they are, they are cloud of witnesses cheering for us. That, that many of us, our destiny is to actually go above them and begin to minister to them. I mean, if you know that, that's all the Revelation 21 is. Who do you think are the kings of the earth that will be coming into the city? Right? Those, those kings of the earth are actually, they're actually men of God, people of God, but who never gained the opportunity, who were never able to become heavenly, and who were never able to, to, come, in, to come into the stature of, of the city and all the things which we have privileges to come into. That's why having so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset us. You know, that's that Hebrews chapter 12. After listing all the, the witnesses, the examples of the cloud of witnesses in chapter 11, that is, after they inherited all these things and they received not the promise, that's how chapter 11 ended. So when you want to see kings, top kings of the earth, go to chapter 11 of Hebrews. They mention their CV and all their exploits of faith. But after all these things, they still received not what the promise. But God has prepared a better thing for us. Have you read that before? Having yes, prepared a better, a better thing. Say a better thing. A better thing. So because of that, if you begin to lay aside weight and sin, but looking on to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of what our faith. Praise the Lord. So, so but, but Jesus will still be their prince. He will still be the prince of these men who they call kings of who? Who, who they call kings. kings. Now, who are, apart from Abraham and Ko, those men he mentioned in Hebrews, <laughs> Chapter 11, who, which other kings of the earth will there be? Apart from those men. Born again Christians who came into kingship with the milk of the world. Yeah. That's what the, that's what the milk of the world will do for you, right? The, the, the end of the milk of the world is to make you a king of the earth. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? So if you, if you only open to realities of the milk, you never do anything more than those realities. You just stayed in the milk. The milk will teach you, teach you how to, how to, we can raise the soul into kingship. Kingship of where? The earth. But you will not be, you will not be, you will not have authority in heaven. 
Do you understand? That's what the milk, that's the thing with the milk. The milk is beautiful, though. When someone handles the milk of the world well, they will handle the earth. They will handle the earth, praise the Lord, they will handle the earth well. When it comes to wisdoms of the earth, what to do with the earth. From, and we're not talking about devil's wisdom, we're talking about, we're just talking about the a portion of the word of God, the scripture, that, has, that is given for, for earthly living. Aha. Uh-huh. And so this is, it's around this area that the church camped, has camped a lot. A lot of people who we, we, we seem to be giants in the, in the body. Who seem to be giants in the body, but who do, do not have insight into spiritual, into heavenly ministry, or into what Jesus actually called it, our heavenly calling. That was the book of Hebrew. The purpose of the book of Hebrew is to amplify and magnify the heavenly calling, which is different from the earthly calling or the state of the soul. So that's why he was telling them, for what time you ought to be teachers, you used to have need, I won't teach you again, which be the first principles. He said, you have need of milk and not of what? Strong meat. So that was a choice. They were enjoying dominion, earthly dominion, because of the milk of the world but they forgot the heavenly calling. So, so the, the, the book of Hebrew was actually, a, it, was a, it was like a wake-up book to this church. Thank, thank God for your life, O king, O earthly king. A picture of earthly kings were all the disciples before Paul came. Are you seeing that Acts of the Apostle, the beginning of Acts operation? See what I'm good, I have none, but what I have, I give, them, <laughs> give my own to you. Peter, James, and John, right? You all something. That's a king, right? That's not an ordinary person. Right? That's, a, that's how you know kings of the earth according to God's order. Real kings of the earth according to God's order. Of the earth, too. Right, kings of the earth, they can do things on the earth without corruption. When I say corruption, I mean without using it. Even though they haven't overcome it, but they have a means that God has given to handle the earth. Like Adam was handling the earth supernaturally. But without, not with, I get what I'm saying, not with like, uh, Adam didn't have access to the heavenly calling. But Adam was a king of the earth. Praise the Lord. Anything that, anything that has to do with earth, when you see a king of the earth, when you see a king of the earth, one of the, one of the things that follows a king of the earth, when it comes to anything that has to do with earth, the, 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 the body is a microcosm of earth. Right? The, the flesh. When you meet the king of the earth, they are masters at, at handling the flesh. If there's no leg, they can touch it and it will grow out. If the eye is not seen, they can touch something and the eye will start seeing. That's how all those disciples were. They, had, they were kings over it. Praise the Lord.
<laughs> Praise God. Amen. Well, one thing is that kings of the earth, um, they, they, are, they are kings in the, their own right, but such kings, such kings, I mean, in terms of the, the provision of kingship of the earth, which the, New Test, which the, New, the milk of the New Testament provides, it, it, when that, 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 domain, that kind of dominion also meets with a limitation when it comes to the expression of it in the, what you call the systems that are in the earth. Why? Because the system of the earth has kingship in it that is tapping strength from a higher place. Are you getting my sense, what I'm saying? That, that if you remove that other side of it, let's say Satan was in, didn't have his own kings on the earth, and you left the earth to just normal people who are in kings and all those kings of the earth, they, they will bring their dominion. So imagine, imagine there, were, there weren't other thrones on the earth. And then you now brought men like Smith Wigglesworth. And, or you now brought, brought all the apostles in that their estate and just put them on the earth. You, they will, they will, you will now see, you will see what milk earth can look like. And one thing that will be clear is that once you see such kings imagine, if they imagine the present, you'll find they will, have, they will open up doorway for souls to, to journey into heaven. They will, that's the purpose of that kingship, is for pilgrimage. Are you seeing? So when in the future heaven, you will see that kingship will be doing its actual job because they don't have resistance to journey. Praise God. But in the present, such kings, their dominion most of the time was just with them, inside of them, and then around, it, it operates around those who believe in their dominion. But, but when it comes to the physical and the systems of the earth, there are other kings, too, who are not raised by Jesus, but they are kings who are raised by what? By the, by the devil. Am I making some sense to you? Praise the Lord. Now, so Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Um, so, see, Jesus, as the, as the prince of the kings of the earth, um, had a, he has a, Jesus has a, a kingly ministry. He has a kingly what? He has a kingly ministry. Jesus has an earthly kingly ministry. That's what I want to show us. You see, all this is pedigree when they spoke about the faithful and true witness. That faithful and true witness is a king. He's a king of, of what? He's actually the king of the throne of God. Yes, sir. The first begotten of the dead is also a king, too. 
we are talking about a different order of kingship. But then there's now what they call the prince of the kings. of. There's also a, a kingship he has over earthly terrain. So, so when you see Jesus, when you see the man Jesus, 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 Jesus is actually a, he's a, he's a, he's a building of dominions. Jesus is a word, is a building of what? Is a building. That's why that's what makes Jesus so wonderful. Awesome, beautiful. Beautiful. He, a man who is when you check him, when you when you try and map out his operations in the spirit, you see from where his operations started from. When you go to hell, they are, they are feeling him in hell. That when you get to hell, they will say that there are some things that don't work here. Why? Because there's a guy called Jesus. That who he is is affecting some things. <laughs> and when you now travel, okay, let's move to the eternal realm. And then you jam him there as well. <laughs> See, now what do you know? If he let all in, all. Ephesians chapter 4. Say, Him that descended, the same one that also ascended, that he might feel all things. Jesus is the master work of God. You can, there's, no place, there's, no, there's no place where you, where you can't feel. What he became had an impact all through creation and beyond. They say he inherited all things. Praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Are you seeing that? So there's a way you can take Jesus and then just look at his, his dominion strata. Look at his dominion. And it's very key to see his dominion. I mean, in all the places where he affects dominions. Amen. Amen. So there is a, there's, a, there's a place where they now, they now spoke to him as the head over principalities. Praise God. He's the what? The, the head of our what? Who is the head of our principalities? The head of our principalities. The head. So say Jesus. Jesus. I want to see, you see that, that word Jesus, this way you should be now begin. that's the site of everlasting sight. Everlasting sight unveils who Jesus is to you. There's a way when you are beginning to learn doctrine by doctrine, doctrine, you see Christ, you see Son of God, you see Father, you see many things. But when you now, after a while, they will now begin to sum him up. Those are doctrines. They actually, they are doctrines that they so you have to gather. They are learning schools. It's one man you're learning, no? They are different you have to start from his beginning and be learning him. Learning, you are learning all the things inside him. You, when you, you take his name, begin to break the name down. That, that name, which was highly, they exalted him and gave him a name above every other name. At the mention of that name, every knee should bow. In heaven, uh, beneath the earth, anywhere they are, the name is touching them. You get what I'm saying? Yes, There's no place you take that name and say, oh, we've not heard this name before. Uh, they know his name yes, everywhere. Yes, Praise the Lord. So, so I see that name. That's our, that name is our learning. Yes, They're coming to tell you, do you see this name? What is this being, this man? Say Jesus. Jesus. 
say, at the mention of that name, Jesus. When you say Jesus, you don't know what you are. You are saying many, 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 many things. Jesus is a, is a compilation of the works of God, the manifold works of God. Every place. Praise the Lord. So he is the head of principality now. Let's see something. Um, amen. In, in chapter 4 of Revelation, Shakalima Hasa, Kresti Paloriata Prahoske, Sheriaskata Mahita Lota. Thank you, Jesus. Give you glory. Amen. Revelation chapter, let's see chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. If you're there, say amen. amen. From verse 1, it says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice that who is worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof, and no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, because, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to lose the what? The seven seals. Praise God. Um, thank you, Jesus. So this lion of the tribe of Judah, this, to me, I found this interesting. I was just seeing it. Um, that, praise God. Now, we know that when you read on, you know that this guy who actually handled the book is actually the lamb. Let's read on verse 6. It says, I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood the lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And then he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon where? Upon the throne. Praise God. Um, now in, in verse 4, he says, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold the word, the lion of the tribe of Judah prevailed to open. Now, so this verse 5 is not, is not talking about reading the book. It's not talking about reading the book, what is op- or, or talking about the content of the book. Right? In verse 5, he spoke about who was able to take it, to open it. The word opening it actually is the same thing as losing the seals. Because to open it means you are able to lose what is closing it. Right? The seals of the book is what is closing the book. So... He was able to open the book. When they were speaking about opening the book, they didn't 
They, now, they were precise about what, who opened the book. Now, of course, after opening the book, the book is to be, is to be read. When you open the book, there are things inside the book. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, to, to praise God. Praise the Lord. In verse 3, what did they say what no man is able to do? Say no man is able to open the book and then to look. That word look thereon actually means to be able to read. read. So there are two things they are talking about there. The opening of the book. And see, see from this chapter, the rest of the book of Revelation is actually just talking about two things, really. Just the, what, the, the opening of the book and, the, and what is in the book. So the book of Revelation from here are about two orders, the seals and the book, the seals and the book, the seals. So the book of Revelation is divided into two main kinds of revelation, the revelation of the seals and then the revelation of what? Of the book. The revelation of the seals and the revelation of what? Of the book. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you believe with me that the, what is inside the book is this book that is on the right hand of him that sat on the throne? What is inside the book is you won't find anything below his everlasting life in the book. You won't find anything below what? Everlasting life in the book. This is one thing that should give us a lot of enlightenment. That, so all, all the learnings that Jesus provides to us before everlasting life is not counted as what is, as what is in the book. That everything you learn that he teaches before you begin to learn everlasting life is to open everlasting life. So, the, actually, the entire purpose of Christ is the opening up. So, it means that everlasting life is the actual learning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the actual thing in the book that man is supposed to learn. Mm-hmm. We have, I think we've, we've learned the book of Revelation. We've learned, we've learned the seals. Amen. Have we, have we learned the seals? Maybe a little? I think the first time when I really thought about the seals, many of us were not. <laughs> it was a very, very tiny meeting. Praise God. Anyway, there might have been four people or something there a long time ago. But I think, we've, I, don't, I don't think we've had a season where we majorly, majorly on, on the seals throughout to talk, teach, try and teach this, all the seals. Um, but we've been touching on things about them. At least we should have enough to know where, what, how the seals, the opening of each seal maps to journey. Because the scripture, they tie the journey with the, with the, same, with the journey of, of commerce. 
to the temple or to the tabernacle. So each seal, as each seal is opening, you begin to to see, praise the Lord. You begin to see, so you can can map opening of seals to journey of souls. Journey of souls towards the most holy place. Right? What are the first four seals for? Uncle Jimmy, please. Uh-uh. <laughs> Mike, let's do, let's do quick. Amen. Praise, praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll just, I'll reference the message that we're talking about because <laughs> me, I was not here when that message okay. was, was spoken about. In the message, I think you said something about the first four seals being for the touching of things around souls, for to allow the souls journey forward. And then um, the fifth seal, I believe, marked the altar. Um, let me just be sure. I'm saying it correctly. That says Revelation chapter 5. Okay. So, well, chapter 6, sorry. And that's verse uh, 9. So, actually, from the beginning, right, we said the, when I when the Lamb opened the, one of the seals, I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, "Come and see." And then um, I believe in that message we were talking about um, touching of economy, touching of different things around men, okay. which should cause them to move forward or proceed. That as those things are being touched, there's a, another side of it that causes the soul to journey. But we see the, a first marker. In that Revelation chapter 6, verse um, 9, okay. and it said, When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw mm-hmm. under, under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God okay. and for the testimony which they held. And okay, that's, that's the fifth seal. That's the fifth seal. What altar is that? That's the altar in the outer court, sir. Okay. And the next one. Okay, is, hold on. Okay. So that's the fifth seal, the altar in the altar. So yes, the fourth seal, what, what were the, four, the first four seals, what did they do? Emma, sorry. Okay, to do what? To bring yes, sir. them. Where are they bringing them from? From, from, from all of the, the places where they are, sir. Different places where the souls are scattered round about, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. So the operation of the first four seals, what kind of operations are they? Are they, they are gathering? Gathering operations. Right. Praise the Lord. Now, where does the gathering begin from? I think from previous messages. Yeah. Um... The first gathering, yes. the first point of gathering is at that point of the kingdom, I believe, the entrance into the kingdom itself from the outside of the, of the court, not in the court itself. Then when you arrive there, I, mean, I believe you use the message of Christ, the water that flows out, right? That was how you taught it that time, if I remember correctly. Okay. So as the waters flow out, the waters flow far, far, far away like you described and these waters are for bringing souls near to the kingdom. Mm. And then the first sanctification occurs. Mm. 
mm-hmm. I believe, which is where we are given the white, um, the clean linen. So sorry, I, I hope I'm not um, okay. scattering. Sir. Then from that point, the seals start, the work of the seals start to bring the souls to the point of the altar. Okay. Yes. Then after the altar, there's the sixth seal that, that then translates to the word of the trumpet that okay. you described in that message. And then the trumpets begin to sound also till when they bring the souls again to the, the other altar just in front of the most holy place. Okay. And that's when um, we see... So the, so the sixth six seal is the... When they open it, the trumpets sounded. Yes, sir. Okay, and the trumpets are for journey, journey in, the, in, in the holy in place. In the holy place. Yes, sir. That's a journey's, um, what you described as um, deeper operations in Christ for to move souls to that point where that oneness that you were describing in the last okay. meeting would occur. So then when the seven seals sound, sounds, what happens? Then the, 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 that's when it says the mystery of God okay. is, is finished. And then we saw another parting. Of the veil, and then they could see clearly what was in the inside the most holy place. And I believe that was in Revelation ten or eleven. Yes, I can't. I can't remember. So, so the things, the the things in the most holy were never seen Do until not. after the seventh seal was broken. Was broken. Wow. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. So, and what is the seventh seal? The seventh seal is the last seal on the book. Yes, sir. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. Now, when the seventh seal, what chapter did? Did they open the seventh seal? Um, that's chapter... Chapter eight. Yes, sir. Chapter eight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Wait, hold on. We are over. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So all the trumpets began to sound, right? Yes, sir. Then when did the trumpets finish sounding? Trumpets. Eleven, sir. And that's when he said. Okay, that's eleven, fifteen, fifteen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, when did the trumpet finish sounding? Eleven, fifteen, sir. The end of chapter of eleven. What happened there? So the temple of God was opened in heaven, mm-hmm. and there was seen in the temple the ark of His testimony. Yeah. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Praise God. So, the ark wasn't seen until after that seventh trumpet. Yes. Sir. 
Não. If you go to chapter 10, sorry, in chapter 10, there was a, an insight into what should happen when chapter 11, of when the seventh trumpet sounds. Chapter 10, verse 7, verse, verse, from verse 5, it says, and, he, and the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that, there, that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things that therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, that the mystery of God should be finished. That word mystery of God means the mysteriousness. The mystery means that which is the 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 hiding of God. Yes. That what should be finished means should be expired. They remove the things that hides the word, the, that makes God mysterious. Do you agree with that? Yes. How many of you know that the mystery of God are two dimensions? There's the everlasting mystery and the eternal mystery. Right? Those are the two mysteries that pertain to God. Right? So, after, it means that that, in, that seventh angel, amen. So the, the sounding of the seventh angel is the, is the last occurrence of the seals, yes. right? Yes, sir, yes. The first seal sounded, second seal, third seal, fourth seal, fifth seal, then sixth seal, yes, right? Praise the Lord. Then seventh seal in chapter 8. And when the seventh seal sounded, that's the last seal. The sound of the last seal opened up. Was an, it was also a series of things that will happen in the last seal. So in the last seal, there are a series of things, seven trumpets. Then at the last trumpet of the last seal, which concludes all the operation of the seals, when that thing sounds, then the mysteriousness of God is finished. So that is, it means it's the beginning of that which is hidden. Yes, that actually marks the opening of the book. Yes, sir. Do you, are, you, are you seeing what I'm saying? Yes, so, sir. so it's very clear that what is in the, the, the seals are actually keeping, or what the seals are hiding are the mysteries of God, the everlasting mystery and the eternal mystery of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Does this make some sense to you? Yes, so, if you're going, going back to chapter 5, so it means that when the, you saw the two operations of dealing with the seal and dealing with the book, that these are the things that no man was found who was able to handle those, to, to, to either open the seals or even to look thereon. That was to look thereon. To look thereon is a, is a privilege. To look there means to be able to examine the content of the book. The examination of the content of the book is talking about the revelation of the everlasting, beginning with the everlasting works of God. Amen. Amen. But you see, the operation of this, this, this being here 
is. So the, the being that you see here in chapter 5 is actually is the lamb. In fact, when the seals began to open, they say when the lamb opened the first seal, this happened. Then the same lamb was opening all the seals. But in chapter, earlier in chapter 5, you now realize that it's the lamb who did it, but it, wasn't, it doesn't take the full lamb operation of Jesus to open the seals. That when he is actually opening the seals, he's actually opening the seals as a lion. Because the full lamb nature, the lamb nature of Jesus is actually an everlasting and an eternal nature. The lamb is actually an eternal entity. He's actually eternal. Because he's a lamb. I was describing the other time, right? He's the lamb of God. He's, God's own, he's actually God's eternal lamb. So he's a very high being. You don't need, he doesn't, when he's opening the seals, he's not using eternal powers to open the seals. Neither is he using everlasting authority to open the seals. But when he spoke about opening of the seals, they referred to him as a lion. But not just another lion. Now, lion, the word lion here is talking about a, a kingly creature. Right, a lion is like a kingly creature. The, the lion is like the king of all the rest. Praise God! But it's not just a la- the lion. They didn't say, they didn't say, behold, the lion has prevailed to open. They describe him, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I began to wonder, what is the meaning of this? Why, why are they bringing Judah here? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's read that again. Chapter 5, Revelation, sorry. Chapter, yeah, chapter 5, um, verse 5. Amen. It says, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to do what? To open the book and to lose so. So he who actually prevailed, the word prevailed means who, the stature that actually did the prevailing for the opening of the book is actually this, this being who they call what? The, the lion of who? Of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Who is, who is, who is Judah? Who is Judah? Do you think this is just talking about Judah as in the, the Hebrew tribe? You know, there's a way we look at this thing, and that's the first thing that comes to you. Because they're just saying that Jesus is just this guy who was born in, from the tribe of Judah in Israel. So, but okay, of all things to mention about him, right? Do you think that's what they're saying? That, that really, they have to describe where he came from. Like, like when they say, yeah, Wesley from the village of Suso in Abia State. <laughs> Praise God. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see because you have to balance things. Eh? I, I, I think when, you, when, when you, you make reference to tribes, you have to see where else in Revelation. Because the same spirit, they make reference to tribes, right? It's in Revelation chapter 7. 
And it's very, very, very absolutely clear with any kind of sense that the tribes mentioned in Revelation chapter 7 are not talking about the physical tribes of Israel. When there appeared an angel coming from the east with the seal of the living God to seal the servants of God on their forehead, and the number of them that were sealed, how many thousand? 12,000 from each tribe, from Reuben down to Benjamin. Of course, those are not the tribes of Israel, the natural, all right? In terms of just Jews. Because so if it's just them, then you can't be among those servants of God. So it's very clear that those tribes, are, they're talking about the tribes of the servants of God from the earth. That when you take all the servants of God, they're minus angels. The rest of them. Do you get what I'm trying to say? The, so the, the tribes of who? Of the servants of what? Sorry. The servants of God on the earth. Uh-huh, minus angels. So, so when you see, so praise God. Hallelujah. These tribes, speaking about tribes here, um, when God is seen tribe, Israel is a type. Right? So the tribes actually refer to things that pertain to earth. That when you see earth, earth is actually broken down into tribes. Amen. Amen. In the Bible, when in Genesis, Tower of what? Babel. Right? Later, when the Bible was referencing what God did. In, I think it was later in Deuteronomy, I think Moses was saying it, when he was referencing what God did in Genesis, or when they were building the Tower of Babel, when he scattered them, right? He was speaking about, it's called it the day of Peleg, in the day when God distributed and scattered all the people of the earth according to the tribes of Israel. Have you, have you ever read that before in the Bible? Can we just read it so I don't, I don't want to waste too much time, but I feel we should read it. I, I, I think it's, huh? let's see. Can we find that? I, I feel it was Moses saying it in Deuteronomy somewhere. So when God scattered the... Can someone find it? Sorry, 30. Okay, Deuteronomy. What verse is that? 32. Verse what? 8. Yeah. Uh-huh. Verse 7, it says, Remember the days of old. Deuteronomy 32, verse 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders. 
and they will tell thee when the Most High divided to the nations their own inheritance. This inheritance, of course, is not money yes, sir. alone. <laughs> or inheritance is talking about portion. When you go to Africa, for example, it's an inheritance God gave some people. <laughs> right? Talking about physical inheritance, right? That's physical land. But the real inheritance, when you see an African man and then bring a European man, it's very clear that the difference between them is not just that this one stays in this area and the other one <laughs> stays in the other area. It wasn't just the land that they landed on that's the difference. Yes, and when you check, we're talking about beyond body and physicality, when you check their soul, their soul, their inward soul culture, that there is a, there is a division. God separated them. That is a different kind of man. He, he, he distributed them on the earth. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that, that thing in what is what you are actually call inheritance. So, so in other words, God, God, God looked into the mixture of soul natures and he was carving out inheritance for different kinds of people. And so God, brought, God introduced the idea of tribes even before Israel came. So when God was trying to now raise Abraham and then he raised his son, Jacob, Isaac, sorry, and then when he raised Jacob and was to make a nation out of Jacob, they had to now employ, they had to check, okay, according to what pattern, what should Jacob mean wow. when they named him to become Israel and they were plotting out his destiny? They would say, okay, what, what should we plot here? Actually, I say, okay, the purpose of the destiny of this man is to become, a, to raise a nation that is a pattern nation. It's a pattern nation for what all the earth should be to God. Are you getting a sense of what I'm trying to say? So, the concept Israel existed before Jacob encountered God yes, and before the nation Israel was born out of Jacob. Yes, Do you get my sense? Yes, the concept of Israel was actually already in God's mind. It was by that concept he actually distributed men on the earth. Then he made a nation that would be a type of what all the men on the earth should be doing. Do you, are you getting the sense? So the, the idea of tribe didn't start with Israel. It's actually, it's an, actually an earthly thing. Does that make sense to you? So, so in the realm of the spirit, so in the spirit, amen. In the spirit, when, when you see, that's why they can apply the concept of tribes to the servants of God on the earth in Revelation chapter 7. Okay, let's quickly read it, Revelation chapter 7. We're rounding up very soon. Amen. Amen. After these things, I saw four angels. I'm so happy nobody has slept yet. (laughs) (laughs) It means I tried now. At least I tried. (laughs) Praise God. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, right? Holding the four winds of the earth. You see that? So he's talking about they came to the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. I saw another angel ascending out from the east, having the seal of the living God. 
And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the seal. So, of course, the seal of the living God is the everlasting seal. Am I correct? So, and, and then he says, hurt not the earth, neither the, the trees, nor the, the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in what? Their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which are sealed, and they were sealed and 144,000 of the tribes of the children of Israel. Amen. So, children of Israel here, Israel, Israel is, as, at this point in Revelation, Israel, in fact, in New Testament, Israel has already become just a type. When you hear Israel, right? Praise God. Israel is an interesting name. Israel actually means those who God, is, those who it means, it means the revelation of the name Israel means those who God did not leave alone. Amen. The literal meaning of Israel means he, he who wrestled with God. Right, that was the name they gave Jacob after he wrestled with the angel. Israel, the one who wrestled with God. The one who wrestled with God. So that word wrestle, wrestling is not, you see, they are, they are, right? It's not shooting gun. It's like, it's like they, are, they are locked in together. So you can also turn it around and say, Israel is who God wrestles with. Have you ever seen a man wrestling with somebody and the person is not wrestling with them? Right? Have you ever seen that, such a thing before? Like you are wrestling with someone, the other one is not wrestling. No, no. If it's a wrestle, you are both wrestling. So Israel means who God is wrestling with and who is wrestling with God at the same time. So it's, it's someone who is giving God trouble and God is giving them trouble back. That's, that's the whole way to describe Israel, right? Because you see, God has refused to leave them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, so, of, so this Israel, so you, when you see that thought, you see that in God's mind, God applies that thought towards the earth. So in the earth, there will be people who he is wrestling with. On the earth. Those are, those are the, the Israel of God. And also that in those people, God thinks to, about them in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the sense of tribes. God thinks them about them in the sense of what? As long as they are still on the earth and, and they are still sway or in the danger of, the, of corruption and influences of corruption on the earth, God puts them in what? In tribes. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Now, just tribes... The, of the tribes of, now not just Israel now, in the natural, think about the concept of tribes in God's mind concerning the earth. There is one tribe that is foremost out of all the tribes of the earth. Now when you look at Israel in the natural, it, it, didn't, it took time for Israel in the natural to land for that tribe to emerge. It took time. 
Because he's not the firstborn, Reuben. That one failed. Other tribes were playing around that thing. But, and and the, the scripture did it for a reason that the one who will arise will arise not just by I blindly chose you. So it will arise out of, out of proficiency. That there will be something, there will something locked inside one tribe that, that is hard. When the others have tried, they couldn't do it. Then I found that inside this particular tribe, there's a secret inside this particular tribe that made him better than the rest. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's very clear, it's very clear that that tribe is not even Levi. It's not even Levi. Levi had their, their own good properties. Levi tried. In terms of Levi, there's something about preservation that a Levite had that was good, that wasn't bad. But he didn't, he wasn't, Levi wasn't, it wasn't, Levi wasn't a fulfilling tribe. That when you actually wait, you know, there's actually one tribe that is greater than Levi. When Isaac was, sorry, when Jacob was speaking prophetically and was talking about the, the, prof, the tribes, he now mentioned one of them, Judah. Say, Judah, you are him who your brothers will praise. He's, he's talking about eventually, when they've all realized, when they've all expired their, their strength, they actually realize that you, you're actually the one. In Genesis chapter 49, am I correct? That's what, if you read it, Genesis 49, that was what the prophecy, you know, he was speaking prophetically towards all of them. Say, so you are the one, Judah, you are the one who your brothers will praise. The word Judah means praise. So, so Judah is the praise of the tribes. The word praise means access. We've dealt with that praise. So it means that the purpose of Israel was access. Which of these tribes will arise from the earth? Out of all the tribes, Levi was the best in managing the earth. The priesthood from Judah was a priesthood about, let's manage, how do we deal with this earth? But no tribe could... Could, was impregnated with vision beyond the earth, apart from Judah. Yes. Judah, is the, is the, Judah is the Israel tribe that will go up. Mm. It's, a tribe, it's a tribe that tangent upwards mm. is different. All the other tribes had to expire their strength for, for Judah emerged. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say praise. So it means Judah is the praise of Israel. Judah is the, is the praise of what? Of Israel. The praise, like I said, is the access. It is the gate. Is the one who will, Judah is the one who will take Israel up. Judah was a captain tribe of Israel. <clears throat> Amen. The scriptures, if you go, read the scripture, you see all these things there. Amen. Holy Ghost is too wise, right? Yes, I mean, if you read, if you read um, 
When, when, when you began to see Judah began to emerge, was, you see, after Joshua, Joshua led them. Joshua helped them cross the sea. Then after a while, Joshua then died. In the book of, when you read the book of Judges, after Joshua, you have Judges, right? Then the book of Judges, after Joshua died, when Joshua died, it was interesting because they no longer had a one man who God had done special dealings with. So what Joshua left all the tribes. Let it be a natural selection between the tribes. Because after Joshua died, that was when the main conquering, they had tried to conquer some places, but the main conquering, one of the biggest battles was the battle of the Canaanites, which was still left, had been left undone when Joshua died. So after Joshua died, that was the, the next battle, a major battle that they needed to fight. They had to figure out, okay, who will go up for us? Not to battle, they don't just go anyhow. Yes, who will be the foremost tribe that will go up? They had to now inquire of the Lord. Oh, the Lord said, the Lord said Judah will know what? The Lord said Judah shall go up. Out of all the tribes. What chapter is that? Chapter 1, verse 2. I think that's not the only time. Also in another chapter, another battle as well. So out of all the tribes. So you see, say go up. Who will go up? When the others are shaking in, in fear, one tribe will have the ability to do what? To go up. That was Judah. I'm, just, I'm spending time to explain what Judah is because you can't just look at these things flat like that. You have to explain to the meaning of Judah to know what the lion of the tribe of Judah is. Because the Holy Ghost is referring to him in terms of type meaning. He's not just talking about that tribe of the nation called. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So, so the same thing that played out with Judah among the Israelites is what is playing out in the book of Revelation. After no man was found worthy to open the book to take the seals, they found that Judah has a lion. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> are, you, are you seeing what I'm trying to say? That Judah has what? That, see, see, let me tell you something. All of Israel will not be at the forefront and go up. When I'm talking of Israel now, if, I, if I'm seeing Israel now on the earth, I'm seeing all of the men who God is wrestling with. So, and to me, those include the whole church of God upon the earth. And you find out that all this church of God, they are in tribes. They are not all the same. And all the tribes are not the same. There's a Judah tribe among the tribes of God's people on the earth. And they have a lion. Praise the Lord. So the, let's read it again, verse 5. We are rounding up now. Amen. Then <clears throat> we can just rest on this thought for now and we'll continue. Amen. Thank you. And, and one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Then the root of David had prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven. So both J- Judah and David here, they are types. 
David here is not referring to the, to the same, the physical man, David. Do you get? What is David here? David is talking about the inheritor of the throne of God. Do you agree with that? The inheritor, that is very clear. The Bible speaks about that, right? I will give unto him. That was what the, the throne they gave. They spoke about when um, the angel visited Mary, angel Gabriel, and was prophesying about Jesus in Luke chapter 1. Say, he shall be great. He shall be called, what? The son of the highest. Praise the Lord. And he said, that I will give unto him the throne of his father, David. Of course, it wasn't the physical throne. Jesus never sat on that throne. But his throne, Jesus said, was the throne of God. So that throne is called the throne of what? David. The throne of David. Amen. So when you, when you say the root of David, the root of David is talking about where did David spring from? Where did David spring from? Say, where did David spring from? Where did David spring from? Yes. Amen. Amen. So this lion of the tribe of Judah... The root of David. So the, he, this lion or this kingship they are speaking of here is talking about the root. It's also, a, it's also a dominion. It's a kingship. But they are not speaking about the very, very throne. If they, are, if they, are actually, speak, if they are actually speaking about Jesus' stature on the throne of God, they will not say the root of David. They will not say the root of David. I, 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 have a, I have a feeling they will just say David. The way they use it in the prophetic, prophetic scriptures, in the book of Isaiah, when Isaiah was prophesying about David, he was just using David, David, and he was talking about Jesus. And he was saying David, 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 David. Praise God. The main, sorry, a lot has been said, but if I want to just bring everything that I've been said, saying together, is that there's a side of Jesus that we need to see. It is, we need to see the stratas of dominion that are in him as a, a provision against the dominions that are keeping the souls who God need to redeem from the earth. The soul who need to be redeemed unto marriage to the Lamb. All right. So, the lion of the tribe of Judah is the harvester Is the one who will go and harvest the bride that the lamb need to marry. Or who the lamb need to show, who he needs to read the book to. The seal must be open. The seal must, you need the break out of the seal before the reader of the book, before the opening of the book. Are you getting what I'm trying to yes, say? Sir. Yes, sir. So, in other words, 
we must encounter the ministry of the seals fully before you can begin to enjoy the ministry of who? Of the book. And you see this ministry of the seals, it has a lot to do with dominion dynamics. Praise the Lord. This lion of the tribe of Judah is also is the same lawgiver in Genesis chapter 49. He said the, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Now, what, if they say the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, that means after Shiloh comes, the scepter will depart from Judah. Have you, have you, have you thought about that? What does it mean of until? Have you read it before? Genesis chapter 49, right? It actually means that there will be a time, a time will come, the scepter will depart from Judah. But when Judah has the scepter, it's for something, it's to accomplish something, to accomplish what is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come. The, the lion of the tribe of Judah is the Shiloh of Judah. His, his job is to bring Shiloh to Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The scepter will not depart from Judah until, she, until and no, a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come and unto him shall the gathering of the people. It means that after the gathering of the people has happened, this, the scepter will then what? Depart from Judah. Because you see, Judah is not, it's not an everlasting construct. Are you, are you getting a sense of what I'm saying? So, the purpose, the purpose of the scepter in Judah, at the time when the scepter in Judah is moving away, is actually a transfer of authority to the Lamb. So, of course, by the time the scepter has been transferred, there has been a, a gathering of the people. Who are those people who are gathered? They are those who should follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. It's talking about the transitioning into everlasting season. But you see, many of us, we've not, we haven't yet, you see, this, this lion of the tribe of Judah, we don't know, we've not, we've not don't know him yet. We've not, we've not known him yet. The manifestation of this lion in the life of a man is the assault against all the thrones. All the thrones that have held the people from being gathered. What holds the soul from being gathered are thrones. You need a lion.
the, the operation of this lion is a dominion operation. He's talking about the unsealing. You know, by what seals the book, the layer of seals on the book. What's that book? That's the package. That's the everlasting life which you're talking about that God wants to give. He's sealed. He's sealed. No matter what you do, you can't see it. It won't open up on the inside of you. There has, there has to be an operation of the, the thrones, the thrones, the thrones, the thrones, the king. See, when you saw the fossils began to operate on horses, so, sorry, horsemen began to, who are those, who send the horsemen? Those horsemen, they are agents of a king who are going to tamper in regions. They are going to, to, to tamper with his stronghold that kings, other kings, I mean the rebel holders of authority in the earth. I'm not talking about kings of the milk of the north. I'm talking about the rebel holders of authority in the earth. They won't let, they, they, see, they're not going to let any soul go. Say, oh, you like everlasting life? Well, you go and learn it. Don't worry. We'll, let, let's exclude you. Our kingdom is for those who like it. No. You don't, these are rebel holders of authority. Those kings, they must face, another king must face them. It's king to king. Praise the Lord. They want to expose us to the full, the full blast of the dominion of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Let me th- do you know that do you know that thrones that thrones by nature are or rather the promise of a throne is a, it's an everlasting promise. Actually, thrones are like they are, they are type of an everlasting thing. Thrones actually operate by an everlasting power. Amen. I was saying before that the, the book of Daniel is one that really gave us insight into see that thing called dominion, thrones, kingship. A lot for a long time, we didn't we didn't really know what those things actually mean, right? But the book of Daniel was given insight into dominions. Into, into actually given insight into the power of dominions. The power of dominions. In the book of Daniel, you saw the way the, the great king, O king, live forever. I think before then, the only ones that they had said that, was it um, when, was it Beersheba that said that to David? For when David was about to die, 
and David was about to pass inheritance to Solomon. And he called when he called uh, his mother. Praise God. And then she, when, she, when she came, and then she saw him, she, that was the greeting she greeted him. Very funny something, eh? This guy, a very sickly guy, he's about to die. And she go, oh, King, live forever. <laughs> that was her greeting to David when he was about to die. To her. But he, the sense of living forever was different. He was, was about to... So, so it's, so that tells you that the, the, him, being David living forever, it wasn't about him physically. You're talking about, oh, king. When you say king, it's not talking about the being, person alone. The, the dominion which your throne is pushing is everlasting. Are you seeing those, those, those elders we saw in chapter 4 of Revelation? Even though their positioning is not an everlasting place, they are at the courts of heaven. But their throne is everlasting. Every throne that is a throne is an everlasting throne. That's why thrones are not easy to deal with. When you see natures in souls, you're talking about thrones that are everlasting. Where it's coming from, right? Because that, that conversation of David, he was talking about his succession, how he will hand over rule to Solomon. So it wasn't about David personally because he was about to die. But she was greeting him based on the matter at hand. He's talking about the everlastingness of his throne. How would the throne continue? In, in the book of Daniel, when they were gre- greeting those kings, you see Nebuchadnezzar, you see you see Darius, you see Cyrus, all those kings. Those were all everlasting kings. Right? In terms of their kind of, uh-huh, the strength of dominion. You see, those kings could never pass. Nothing can make, could make any of those kings stop reigning. It would take another everlasting king to take over. The book of Daniel was showing the succession of everlasting kings upon the earth, or the, the driving of dominions to souls. Are you well, if you are on the earth in those times, you don't, you can't do your own thing. You can't, you can't, you can't fight, carve out your own space, your little cocoon. That oh, in this is my area, I do what I like. I, I'm not under this king. You don't know what I'm talking about. You know who Nebuchadnezzar is. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> He went to Israel and took God's people, all of them. Went, went and... Uh, what? Everything. Temple took all the... Praise God. Candlestick, utensils. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? So all those things are types of... You're talking about what, we are, what, what God wants to deliver our souls from. You're talking about everlasting natures that the devil has weaved through kings, through, through thrones on the earth in men. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the lion of the tribe of Judah. Thank, and thank him, thank him for the strength to 
to begin to unveil his seals, as he's breaking the seals, the, the insight, the revelation that can, that can damage everlasting construction of darkness in our soul will begin to happen. Just begin to pray. Just pray in the spirit a little bit. <clears throat> Kari masure li kanoro otarika ma ota. Kamra luzali pahata. Moshi haros te presto fribesose. Karia tamarata pasose te prendo krambasuske libre toske. Fantama taparia tapara no siento crescieto praharos. Embra lava soche tete mecata ta i crescose keta cristo cota. Ephraman tacre ma sucre ma sucre ma chakra ma docre ma gara ma ore ma ore ma hirema. Area suria zoria soria oria soria zoria oria soria zoria. Oria saria zoria garia zoria seria area cari. Ori kama ori santa maro pata ligre su crescionde limanto li prasio to cresco fantama rabarao shotambra atariela vaso crenta caieria la vososta venda la mercia egaria mercia enda ligarosia encrata 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 secreto secreto engiara vasuria andavara rabaso toriman capara vasunda ligresto to preserivendosa Ambarana Mashatama, Ankama Mahakama, Akama Mahakama, Ekram, Asa, Eta, 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 Ekro, Imba, Imbra, Odimasco, Evranasia, Ekrialamasa, 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 Enkrialamasa, O Kritamaso. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Father, we thank you. We bless your name today. We give you glory. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Our Father, we receive the blessing this morning. Father, we ask that this understanding be fruitful Amen. in us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, as you are making us to see, we ask, Lord, begin to open us up and give us access to the ministry of Jesus. Of of the lion of the tribe of Judah. That may his, may his, his ministry, his dominion, begin to stand against every other dominion Amen. in our soul. Amen. I pray that kings will begin to lose their power, Amen. their authority, or every throne that is pushing a nature of any sort outside your own nature every stronghold of darkness that is trying to take half dominion over our heart, over our mind, over our thoughts and our way for our deliverance. Deliverance will begin to occur. Thank you, Father. You're going to bring us to a point where your mystery will be finished. Where you will no longer have need to be mysterious to us anymore. But, Lord, you will begin to transact with us in the pure light 
of your truth. Thank you, our God. We give all the glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.